The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Chiefs Kingdom, fellow addicts, Matt Connor here. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, July 13th edition of the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name's Matt Connor coming to you on an off day. Uh, normally, Patrick Allen is here, uh, and uh, I'm actually filling in today. Was out the first part of the week, took my wife to New York City for her 40th birthday, and uh, did a big Broadway blitz, ate a bunch of bagels, found a speakeasy Asian restaurant kind of place in Brooklyn that we loved and all kinds of stuff. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but I've been out a lot of the first part of the week, but happy to be with you here uh, on this Thursday. Now, look, we're in the middle of July. We're, we're nearing, we're almost to like single digit days until training camp is going to be here. So we actually have some things to talk about. Um, I have a guest for today. I'm happy to bring on here in just a second. Um, and we'll talk about Stone Cold extension news or the potential there. We'll talk some ESPYs. We'll talk some uh, Netflix documentary and what we think of that. All things Mahomes. We'll also talk about a guy who thinks Travis Kelsey's the third best tight end in the game. What's going on anyway? But before we do, want to give you just a shout out from our friends at FanDuel. Of course, we can't do what we do without the help of some of our sponsors. Um, just want to let you know, we have an offer from FanDuel you're going to want to take full advantage of if you're not already making your sports bets. New customers can get what's called a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. All you have to do is click the link in the description to sign up. Now, if you sign up for FanDuel with our link, you will not only have that first bet insured, but you will also be greatly supporting this podcast. Um, if you're interested in trying FanDuel, just click the link below and sign up with us. The offer is available for new customers who are 21 and over, physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember, always gamble responsibly. Folks, that's true of everything. Be responsible. Check the description for the offer's full terms. And look, if you already have FanDuel, you can head to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets to find out more betting offers and ways to support the podcast. Speaking of, if you're listening in, just real quick, just want to say, if you want to hit like, hit that like thumbs up button on YouTube. If you want to leave us a review wherever you listen to, like at, let's say, Apple uh, or Stitcher or other places in which, uh, Spotify, if you can leave us a great review, even leave us a question, we'll be happy to answer it there. And make sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, it's a huge help to us. It's, and of course, you know, we, we love what we do because we just get to connect in meaningful ways around our favorite team. All right. I have left Lyle in the dark long enough. One of the, one of the, Best parts of my job uh, as editor of Arrowhead Addict is the ability to work with our writers. I love our writers. And the writer who's been with us the longest, uh, by the way, I inherited him and inheriting, like sometimes you can inherit some things you don't want. Like, let's say my mom trying to get rid of like, you know, do you want your grandma's old crock pot? No, I don't. But uh, sometimes you inherit beautiful, wonderful, meaningful things. Lyle Graverson 
is one of those things. You can follow him on Twitter at Lyle Graverson. That's Graverson with an S-E-N on the end. We were just discussing that, uh, how to spell it properly. But Lyle, you've been with Arrowhead Addict for how long now? I think we're going to be going into the 12th season. Like I think, I think sometime this fall, it'll be 12 years. I can't even remember for sure at that point, I might be a year <laughs> off or something like that. But my, my first pieces for AA were about like Matt Castle and Todd Haley. So oh if, my you, if you can just uh, yep. like do the math there, you can, you can get a good idea. So it started in the dark age and we've come, <laughs> a long ways from then folks let me let me just say this if you if you somehow have never read lyle's we give lyle every monday morning he usually produces a long column um that we just kind of let him go to work on whatever list or 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 lengthy essay he wants to write about the game whatever it is it's such a it's a prime spot because he's such a prime contributor always has great things to say in a very conversational and measured tone like you kind of pride yourself on that, right? Like being, you see, it always seemed very fair about the Chiefs, never to go too high and never to go too low. Yeah, I try to, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, obviously. I mean, I, the whole reason I'm writing for Arrowhead Attic is because I'm completely obsessed with the Chiefs. But I try <laughs> to, like, when I decide what I'm going to write, and uh, there's been a couple times where I've thrown that out the window and just done a full-fledged rant about something, <laughs> especially during some of those frustrating years. Um, but I try to, like, okay, let the emotion of the game get out of my system and, like, let's make a fair assessment of this kind of thing. And that, and then I've also just – I've never wanted to try and be a reporter either because I know, like, I'm not that guy, so – I do try to be just kind of like, like a fan, like I, like when you're reading my column, hopefully it sounds like you're talking chiefs with a friend, as opposed to just reading a news report, you mm -hmm. know, from a reporter who maybe isn't as passionate about it as I am. So I try to be fair and definitely hit it from a fan perspective, as opposed to, you know, trying to trick people into thinking I'm some fascinating insider or something like that. So, so yeah, that's kind of been my approach for, from the get go. And, and it's, I guess it's worked cause I'm still, I'm still here <laughs> a decade later. So it does, it works well, Lyle. And I, like, I always appreciate it. Um, so invited Lyle on the show today, a couple weeks ago, he wrote an, an interesting column and I tried to have him on even earlier and then I went to New York and then now here we are. So finally able to make this work. But Lyle wrote a piece about what if the Chiefs win their third Super Bowl in five years this year and tried to look at it like not from an obvious perspective, like, well, that makes them even better winners or of course it's a dynasty. But it, but like, what does it mean for some specific legacies? What does it mean for for Andy Reid? How would this Chiefs team be viewed historically against other historic franchises that could say the same thing or nearly the same thing? So we'll talk all about, all about that in a little bit. Um, but wanted to bring Lyle on for the whole show because obviously, you know, he's better than me and and just at least wanted to have a better a better looking man and a better sounding voice and better overall perspective. So we're going to start uh, – Look, by the way, if, if you're listening, if you're watching, if you have any ideas for what we could call an opening bit about Chiefs news, we'd love to hear it. Because the best I have now, uh, the best I have right now is Stefan Wisniewski 
Yeah, see, that, that's not even funny. I can't <laughs> even get my co-host to laugh. Uh, but anyway, we're trying to put the news out there. Lyle, I'd love your take on some of these quick hits, uh, which, by the way, let's start here. Uh, Netflix has been dipping their toe into sports with various docu-series um, about like F1, racing, etc. Uh, and then now here's quarterback debuted yesterday with a look at the hottest quarterback trio in league history, Marcus Mariota, <laughs> Kurt Cousins, and then Patrick Mahomes. You said you've caught a few episodes of quarterback already. I mean, what's your take on, uh, I mean, do you like it? Do you like what Netflix do. is doing? Yeah, I do. I've really enjoyed it. I'm, I think I've got, I think I'm halfway done. I think I've got four of the eight watched at this point. And I, you know, I, even if, Patrick Mahomes wasn't in it. It's the kind of thing I would probably eat up anyway. Now, if it was three guys like Marcus Mariota, then maybe not. But <laughs> frankly, I found the Kirk Cousins stuff fascinating too. Obviously, I'm biased towards the the Patrick Mahomes storylines because obviously, you know, we're Chiefs fans and and he's like such just a rare guy and a rare talent and how he's wired and driven. It's just fascinating to get to see behind the scenes. But I thought the Kirk Cousins stuff has been fantastic too. And is, I don't know if made me more sympathetic to Cousins, maybe just like the work he puts in and his kind of mindset and what he's done. So I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. The, the, the Mariota stuff has been a little dry. Um, not only is he like the least successful of the three, but it, I don't know, his personality is a little flat too. So I think yeah. I, I imagine the producers were like, how do we not just slant this towards the other two guys when we're not getting a lot there? But uh, I also haven't gotten to the point where he like starts to get like talked about getting benched and stuff. So that'll be interesting to see when when they get to that point, because eventually Ritter does take over. So I'll be in that part. I am at least curious to see. But I thought the whole thing's been pretty well done. And obviously any behind the scenes Mahomes content, especially I really there was one. Uh, episode. If you haven't seen it, I won't like go into a lot of detail, but it was specifically about just kind of the mental aspect of playing quarterback and all the research and the play calling and the game planning. And I just, I thought that was really interesting to watch. Mm. I, um, w- when it comes to Mahomes, I-, I caught a little bit of it where, you know, it like what I love is it shows his edge a little bit more than like we all know that he's a competitor. We like, you know, we can even, you know, we can even call him like petty Mahomes at times when he's like, like getting competitive on the field. But but there's some um, I, I think overall, sometimes the the um, the reputation or the the image can can be a little like Midwestern there. Right. Like, like he's like family man and right. clean cut and well-behaved and whatever else. And, but, but there is that side of him that like, you know, like he's, na- he's nasty on the field. Like he'll, yeah. he says the thing, he'll start the fight. He'll like, like the thing to get under the opponent's skin. Like I love seeing that too. Cause it gives yeah. them different facets. And, and what I think is interesting seeing it side by side is you know, he and Cousins both come off as the nice guy off the field, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mahomes is a little cooler. I mean, you know, Kirk Cousins, the joke is like he's like da- the dad guy or whatever. <laughs> um, but they both come off as that real well-mannered, nice guy when they're talking on the camera. But the difference is when you see them on the field and ev- how they're interacting with their teammates and the opponents – Mahomes flicks that switch and he's like that ultimate competitive guy. And it's not that cousins isn't competitive and trying to win, but he kind of seems like the same guy on the field 
as he does off the field. Whereas Mahomes, you really see him flick that switch and it's like, okay, it's go time now. And that's been, that's been fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating to me, the image as it's curated in what we normally see. And then, and then what this unveils and we like, know it's there, but then we usually forget about it. And right. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, I'm sure there are actually people, well, people well paid to establish that image. And we don't even really know how much thought and intention goes into how should we portray Mahomes on and off the field? You know. Yeah. Well, and, and the, he's even he's even said that he's had some control over what they put on and didn't. And I think he even said he said, okay, let's scale back how much of like the cussing on the field you're showing. So this, what's come through, what we've seen, which is already pretty intense, is even I think with him going, okay, maybe let's scale back quite yeah. some of that because I don't want to look like I'm a completely out of control person. So <laughs> the fact that, that what we see is pretty intense um, competitor. And he, he's even made some comments that he, he asked them to scale some stuff back. I think that kind of shows you, you know, how he's wired. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Question, ESPYs. The, 20, the 2023 ESPYs were just held last night on ESPN, obviously. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs swept. Chiefs won best team. Mahomes won best athlete in all male sports and also NF, you know, best player in the NFL. Of course, he was going to win that when it was he was MVP already. Um, are, are, are you a fan of the SBs? Are you remotely interested in the SBs? I didn't know if you had any thoughts there, if you even watched it. Yeah, I, well, I, I kind of half watched it. I watched some parts and then other times I, I just like caught stuff on Twitter online kind of things. Normally, I 
might turn on the SBs like on a random year. This year I was curious if the Chiefs would do well. And so I wanted to see like kind of like the acceptance speeches and, and things like that. And I my biggest takeaway is not necessarily about the SBs because I could kind of take or leave the SBs. Um, and I even I tweeted something out last night. It's just like this is such a moment for Chiefs fans to just kind of mm-hmm. soak in because it's like our team, our guy is just like on top of the sports media world. And it just I never really even dreamed. I always hoped we'd have like a stud quarterback that could win a Super Bowl. But I never even quite imagined that we would literally have the guy <laughs> like, you know, like the the Tom Brady or the Michael Jordan or the whoever, whatever sports figure at any given moment in history has kind of been like the guy on top of the world. And it's like our guy is that guy. And it's just like, I try not to take that for granted. It's just to just soak that in and enjoy it because, you know, for how many years were we, I mean, like I said, I started writing for Arrowhead Attic during the Matt Castle era. And, you know, it's been, there's been several quarterbacks that were in that same (laughs) tier as Matt Castle. And that's saying something. Um, And so, yeah, just trying to soak up and enjoy this moment. So it could take or leave the ESPYs, but I think what those wins symbolize is something for, for Chiefs fans to kind of bask in and enjoy because we've got our moment now and who knows if we'll get it again, you know, in our lifetimes. But right now our team, our guy is kind of on top of that mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that. The other day I, I wrote, um, I, I just, I actually put myself under the, under some, maybe I was cursed or something or just felt like I wanted some punishment, but I ended up ranking everyone if a if a player had ever started a game at quarterback for the Chiefs since 1990, I decided to rank all of them. And of course, it starts with Mahomes, and then you know you have some nice ones on the list. You know you've got you've got Trent Green, you've got Joe Montana, you've got Alex Smith. But overall, I think there were 20, 21 or 22 people who persons who had started a game under center for the Chiefs. You had you had to start the game, not just come in and, and right. play. But then suddenly there was a guy named like Mark Velasic who I do. I like, look, I've been following the chiefs for a long time and I'm like, who's Mark Velasic and when did he start a game? I don't remember any of this. And then, you know, and then of course there's, you know, Tyler Thigpen and Tyler Palco, but even for a while there, like everyone makes fun of the Indianapolis Colts of the last few years for reheating everyone's leftovers like Philip right. Rivers and Carson Wentz and so on. But some of the Chiefs' best years were doing the same thing. Here's Dave Craig. Here's Steve Bono. Here, here you know, here's uh here's Joe Montana, which that was like reheating better something better than leftovers. But the Chiefs were the Colts in that they just kept putting together like one veteran after another after yeah. another year in and year out. It was like they drafted Todd Blackledge and it didn't work. And Carl Peterson just went, Well, we're not ever doing that again. Ever. We'll just we'll just not only take a cast off. It felt like there for a while, it was just like, well, I'll just get whoever the 49ers don't want anymore. Because yes. it was just like Bono and Montana and and um, Elvis. Oh, uh, Elvis, yes. Right? Um, so you know? it, it was just like, yeah, we'll just take the the secondhand guy from the 49ers. <laughs> and, and then later on, it was Alex Smith, same thing. So it was like, yeah, can we just get our guy? And then we finally did. And it's it's like the greatest quarterback we've seen in, in years. And it's just, it's unreal. So it's, it's a good time. Yeah. I think you're right. I think writing that piece just made me really respect. It's like, Oh my gosh, we've tried so many here 
So that, you know, to, to get at this level is great. One of the, one of the other things I wanted to hit and look, every media company puts out every possible list during the doldrums of the NFL offseason. And, you know, it's fine. We all do it. Like we participate. Everyone participates. It's what you do to fill the column inches. I get it. But right now, ESPN is running a series and the series has asked anonymous. They said we have scouts, players, coaches, and executives who have all filled out questionnaires anonymously to rank the best players, the top 10 at each position. And it's, and they say it's not for later, it's for right now. Who right now is the best in the NFL? And, you know, look, these kind of lists are all subjective and guys on certain teams are going to go with their guys and haters going to hate if they can be anonymous, whatever. There's, there's no accountability or transparency here, but it feels like one of the positions that just should be unquestioned, right? Like we're watching the best tight end in the, like Gronk is gone. Kittle gets injured. Any, like anyone who was kind of sort of hanging on in Kelsey's earlier years is gone now. And yet we're reading this, I'm reading this thing and Kelsey's number one, of course, on like today they released the tight end rankings. Travis Kelsey's number one. He's number one by far. That's all well and good. But it, it tells you what the lowest ranking of that player was, uh, by the way. And someone anonymously, some scout for the whoever, some player for the whoever, put Kelsey as third in the league. So Lyle, what are they smoking? I mean, do you think, do you think it's a, a Raiders assistant coach. Yeah. Did Bruce, did Bruce Davis fill this out? What's going on? Or Mark Davis? <laughs> yeah. Like what's yeah. happening there? Or yeah, because look, I, you're right. There's no logical argument to put anybody number one other than Kelsey. I mean, if the, what he's done the run he's on is just insane. I can't, I, I might not be exact on this, but I think that the number is the most 1000 yard seasons by a tight end not named Travis Kelsey in their career is like four and they weren't consecutive. And Kelsey's going on what, like seven consecutive now. So not only does he have three more a thousand yard seasons than any other tight end in history, but his are consecutive. It's just insane. Like the, the consistent greatness there's just no way. No one can say it's a fluke. No one can say he's on a decline because he's still producing as high as ever. There's just no. The the argument you sometimes hear people that are a little too, I don't know, football nerdy about it go, well, Kittle's a better blocker and he could put up those numbers if he was in Reed's system. So he's technically the better. But when you've only produced that level, maybe one or two seasons, and you're constantly battling injuries, like I get that Kittle's a great blocker. I, I think George Kittle's an awesome player. I love watching him. Sure. So maybe, maybe if someone was just like, well, I factor blocking in way more than everybody else, maybe then you could bump Kelsey to two. But who's the who's the other one? Like, who else are you logically? I mean, Kyle Pitts has crazy upside, but the guy produced nothing last year. Like, right? nothing. And it's not really his fault. Like, the, the system that he's in and the quarterback play he had. But but he produced nothing. So Mark Andrews, he had that great year two years ago, but he wasn't great last year. Like, 
So if Hawkinson? you're talking about right now and Kelsey lapped the field last year, I just don't see, like I said, if you wanted to be some nerd about blocking and, and make an argument for Kittle, I'll roll my eyes at you, but I at least understand what you're trying to base your bad argument on. I don't even see where you could base a bad argument for another guy other than that. Like, really? I just, I just don't see it. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's it's silly. Maybe it was TG Hawkinson. You know, maybe, who, maybe the, what if it was secretly Blake Bell? What if Blake <laughs> Bell was the guy and we'll never know? Yeah. And he put him and Noah Gray as one and two. That I'd love to see that ballot. Anyway, uh, look, the biggest news of the day, Lyle, and I want to get here. Uh, The New York Jets signed Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle, to a four-year deal today. Now, normally, the New York Jets signing their own defensive tackle to a four-year extension, even one as lucrative as $96 million with $66 million guaranteed, uh, wouldn't make us on a Chiefs podcast talk about it, except we are all anticipating the hopeful, the potential, the – Maybe promised, right? Who knows? The much talked about Chris Jones extension. Like when you see this news that Quinnen has signed, like what, like for you, what does that mean for Chiefs, for the Chiefs and and Jones at this point? Well, not only does it make sense to me, but you're hearing like the, the NFL insiders are all saying like, this was kind of like the last domino to fall before a Jones deal. Like this would be the last one that he and his agent would want to see so that they could go to the table and go, okay, I, I need to beat that guy like kind of thing. And so you saw his numbers, I think it was 96 million over four years and 60 some guaranteed. Yeah. I, I guess. And I think I even put something on Twitter. I'm guessing he's going to want probably at least a hundred million, 70 million guaranteed over four years so that he can top that Um, Donald's deal. I don't know. I, and as much as I love Chris Jones, I hope he doesn't beat Aaron Donald's per year deal because his was a three year deal that pays him like 30 some million a year or something like that, if I'm remembering right. And I just think I don't know how you would make that amount work to reduce our cap number this year. I think you'd end up, I mean, who knows? Brett Veach's magic, that's kind of stuff. Maybe you could, but. If it's kind of like, okay, I'm okay being the number two guy and I just need to beat Williams, you could make something work for that four year, 100 million, around 70 million guaranteed that I think could probably drop you 10 to 15 million in cap space this year, probably pretty much fully guaranteed this year in the next two years. And then you'd have that fourth year that was completely unguaranteed other than the um, signing bonus prorated portion so that after essentially three seasons, then you would move on from him or renegotiate. But at that point, pass rushing defensive tackles getting into their 30s, you know, mid 30s, that's probably not at that point. You're probably not looking to re-sign him. So I think if you could get a four year deal for around that amount, you got him locked up for the next three years. Technically, it's a four year contract. But that fourth year, everybody knows you're going to you're going to cut to clear the space. I think that would that would make a lot of sense. And if you're on the the uh, Hopkins hype train to sign could <laughs> potentially then open the door for something like that. If he really is looking for a Super Bowl and not the biggest payday. Yeah, I, I want to go back to that for just a second, but I want to stay here on Jones. Look, we've all been waiting for this domino to fall. This was a lucrative time for defensive tackles, right? Uh, Dexter Lawrence got paid. Javon Hargraves got paid. Darren Payne got paid by Washington. 
we were waiting for Quinn and Williams to get paid. He was the one. But there were a lot of young guys getting lucrative second second deals that set the tone here. But Williams actually got a little bit less than I thought. There's quite a chasm between what where Quinn and Williams turned out and where Aaron Donald signed a three-year, $95 million deal it last year, right? So you got to expect terms to go up from the previous year. Um, but yet, is Jones going to hit Williams' numbers? Given, like, I don't think anyone expects him to hit Aaron Donald numbers there. But it's possible that he hits four years 120 at $30 million a year and still comes in less than a high deal signed last year. Like that, like, yeah, that would make sense to me, but it sounds very pricey, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. You, but you think it's a four year. He's also only like he just played through his 28 year, right. 28 season. Yeah. And Donald, I think, was like 31 when he signed. Right. I know. Aaron Donald's messing up the market. Man. It really and, and, is <laughs> tough. It really is he, tough there. I think, I think I would. That one four year 120 would be the, anything higher than that. And I'm going, who is this? Are, I mean, I love Jones and I think we need Jones right now. And we'll get into when we talk about what a third Super Bowl would mean. I think Jones would help that. So I'm yeah. I'm all in on signing him. But to me, in my opinion, your run stuffing defensive tackles, your great run stuffing defensive tackles hold up better into their 30s than your pass rush specialists typically do just because you're relying more on explosion than you are on just being a stout like plugger kind of power guy and so the thought of you know having him with like a 35 million dollar cap hit in like his age 32 season or something like that i'm like ooh that like that would be a little tough, but if they could get him closer to the Williams deal, like a hundred, maybe 110 over four, I feel great about that, especially if that fourth year. And that's why I like a four year deal because it makes it easier to pad it with an easy to cut year. If you do a three year deal, you, you don't have enough room to stretch the guaranteed money out. You're locked into that full thing. And if you want to cap hit this year, you're talking about huge guaranteed numbers for years two and three that that then it's like you better have a good plan of how you're working around that. Because to do a three-year deal anywhere near Donald and save cap money this year, that like the math on that to me is really hard to do. So I think you almost need to do a fourth year, make that fourth year. The only guaranteed thing is the, is the um, prorated signing bonus. Yeah. And then you can kind of make numbers work and make it work. So that at least that's my opinion on it. Um, so you your let me ask you some quick questions on this. Your confidence fact your confidence index for a deal getting done. Would you say a hundred percent we're gonna see a deal? I would say I I would say ninety. Okay. Um I don't know that I'm willing to go a hundred just because Brett Veach has shown like there's a number I won't go to. So if and it, it doesn't feel the the word we're getting leaked out from all sides doesn't sound like, uh oh, this may not happen. It sounds like it's eventually going to happen. But if Jones suddenly went, no, I want 35 a year <laughs> for four years. I, I don't think Veach will go there. I, mean, I think we saw that with Tyree Kill. I think it reached a point where he went, 
I want Tyree Kill. We tried to get a deal done. He wants a number that I won't go to. And so we had to make a move. So I won't go to 100, you know, but I feel as close to it as I can, you know, so I'd say a solid 90. All right. And within that 90%, let's get a prediction on when you think the news will break. Um, I think between now and the start of training camp, I think it happens in the next week. I do. Because okay. I okay. think I think now you have all the information you need. I will say this. It starts if it doesn't get done in the next week, then I start to go, uh oh, because it's like, well, yes. what are you? Yes. You now have all the information. So now it's just we just flat out don't agree on where it should be. And so then it could, you know, is this going to turn into a holdout situation? I thought it was good that he was there last night at the ESPYs. If you wanted one more positive from the ESPYs, um, I thought it was good that he was there. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Hey, that's that's a great reminder uh, there about the ESPYs. I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, I'll throw out my prediction. I'm going to go four years at 110 uh, is my guess. I think that Williams and his team are going to demand a little bit more respect and say, look, this is our third contract. We're not we're not Quinn Williams or Dexter Lawrence where you're you're betting on our us to like continue like to produce our in our prime. We have produced in our prime. We've produced two Super Bowls in our prime. We're still in our prime. You're gonna you're not gonna just like you're not gonna get us for like a few bucks more than than some guy coming into a second deal. Like we 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 want some distance there. So I'm gonna put it at four years, one ten, and um that's a healthy average of what, twenty seven and a half a year. If you can complain about that, I don't know what to tell you. If you're making twenty seven and a half million right. and want to complain there, I don't know what to tell you, but that's my guess. Uh, and it's totally just a guess. We're gonna get into what uh the Super Bowls have meant to and what a third Super Bowl would mean to the Chiefs. But just want to say out there, you guys are so good at uh, supporting the podcast with uh, by being consistent listeners and and uh, your encouragement's always great. We we love hearing from 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 listeners or like readers of the site. But just want to say, uh, we also have some merch. And I mean, if you're like in the like if you're in the shopping mood, maybe Amazon Prime Day got gotcha, you, you know, wanting to click some buttons. Um, the Airhead Attic merch store is live and you can visit right now by clicking in the link in the description for AA merch. Uh, we've got shirts and beach towels and even a sweet pint glass to drink your uh, your favorite beer, like KC beer from. So anyway, use code ADDICT15 to get 15% off your order today. I'm losing my voice, Lyle. I'm I'm so worked up about this merch. <laughs> anyway, use it fast. It will expire on Sunday, that code. Um, so rip the podcast, save a bit of money while you're at it, and we'll appreciate it. Lyle, I want to talk about I want to talk about the leap. We've already talked about this a little bit, but from one Super Bowl to two, it wasn't just like when the Chiefs won back in what 2019, it like put Mahomes on the map, it put it took the monkey off Andy Reid's back, like some things like that. But this second championship, like suddenly the confidence factor, there's like, I guess, I guess here's what I'm interested in and talking with you about. I, I like this term that I keep thinking of is ubiquitousness, <laughs> which just basically means the Chiefs are everywhere, right? Saturday Night Live. Like if there's, if there's celebrities golfing, it's Chiefs who are golfing. Um, now we have the Netflix documentary. They're dominating the ESPYs. I feel like if I'm a fan of any other team, I'm hungry to see any of my favorite players anywhere in pop culture. But if you're a fan of the Chiefs, you've gotten a steady dose of your favorite players, even if it has nothing to do with football. And 
it seems like from one championship to the second one, it went from, oh, yeah, the Chiefs are a great team and they won a Super Bowl, yay for them, to, okay, these guys are among the greatest, they're on one of the greatest runs in NFL history, and the Chiefs are now everywhere. Travis Kelsey went from a household football name to like the kind of guy who's going to be forever in entertainment and pop culture as long as he wants to be. Mahomes is a household name, of course, already, and just a global star. We're just seeing some of these things happen because of the second championship, right? And I wonder if you could sort of like, before we talk about what a third one would mean, like, I guess I'm wondering, like, do you sense that same thing that like every awareness of the Chiefs as they've won this second one and what that's meant for like everyone's popularity, everyone's legacy, everyone's following what even what even the chiefs organization. Yeah. I think winning any super bowl is, is memorable. Right. And especially to the fans, I think that first super bowl they won. And I know it was the team, technically the organization's second super bowl, but for someone like me, the first super bowl in my lifetime, that's kind of for the fans, right? We've been fans for so long. We followed all these bad years We stuck around. We finally got to see the win. The second Super Bowl, I think, makes you a team that everybody's going to remember, right? Mm -hmm. Any diehard NFL fan that thinks back to this era of football is going to remember the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid teams. And part of that is because you won two Super Bowls. And then, like you were just saying, part of that's because now the media is – is latching onto this team and you've got some great personalities that make that easy to do. Um, And so I think even if they don't win a third, which I think they, they will, maybe it's this year, maybe it's a couple years from now, but I think they will get that third that we can talk about what that means legacy wise. But I think the second one has already locked them in. as just one of those teams that you're always going to remember. Like true NFL fans are always going to remember the Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes Chiefs teams when they think about this era because they've just been such a dominant force over these last five years. I mean, it's just you can't deny that. Even the most bitter Bengals fan on Twitter is going to really remember the Kansas City Chief teams of this era. Yeah. Well, let's let's transition into that. If if the Chiefs, you know, before I think the campaign was run it back, right? <clears throat> they almost ran it back. But this year, if they're able to pull that off two in a row, three in five years, repeat, and then you're talking three. I mean, you know, then you're really, like, what do you, what does that do? You know, you went into some of this in your column from a couple of weeks ago, but can you, can you sort of reiterate for those who didn't read it or talk about like, what, like what would a third one this year, mean for the chiefs yeah well just i and i got my notes here from when i wrote the piece and it takes you from a group of coaches and players that you remember as greats to like the best of the best right there are 13 uh no i'm sorry there are 14 head coaches that have won two or more super bowls but The only ones that have done three or more are Belichick, Chuck Knoll, Bill Walsh, and Joe Gibbs. So if Andy Reid gets a third Super Bowl win, he becomes just one of five head coaches in NFL history with three Super Bowl wins. I mean, you're now going, I mean, a group of of 14 is already a great group to be in, but now you're talking like 
that select few that have done that. And the, the list for Mahomes is really similar. He is one of 13 quarterbacks to win two Super Bowls or more. But if he wins a third Super Bowl, he joins Brady, Bradshaw, Montana, and Aikman as the only other quarterback. So he would be the fifth on that list. So both Reed and Mahomes would become one of just five in their area. And, and so you can't, there's no, like I was just saying, even the most bitter troll on Twitter can't <laughs> deny the legendary status when you get that third Super Bowl win. You just can't, the, the, the company that it puts you in is just, there's no like, well, okay, yeah, they're in that company, but they're still not that good. Like it just puts you at a legacy standpoint that's just like that kind of Mount Rushmore level of NFL history. And so it, as great as this second one was to me a third one would kind of be the legacy defining it would be the one where you go oh we are talking about one of the greatest groups in nfl history and the numbers absolutely back it up it's not just a biased chiefs fan opinion it's like no you're in the most select company that you can be in in terms of the all-time greats so it's just whether even if it doesn't happen this year, I think if it happens while we still have Reed and Kelsey, I think it, even if it takes us six or seven years, I think if you could get it with that same core group where people are going to remember that Mm -hmm. group together, I think, I think it, that kind of works no matter what. Now, if it were to happen after Reed and Kelsey retire, it's still, adds to Mahomes' legacy, but you don't really think of it as that, you know, because there's really, not to talk about turn this into a Patriots discussion, there were t- really kind of two different Patriots, like little mini dynasties separated by like 10 years. It wasn't like one continuous. Yeah. It was three Super Bowls and then like nine years or something like that, and then three more Super Bowls. And so you kind of think of like the Gronk, Edelman era is kind of different than that early era with, you know, the Troy Browns and and some of those guys. And so it would be just really cool to get that third Super Bowl with Reed, with Kelsey, with Mahomes and, and what that would just mean for for the legacy of that unit. It's interesting to me that when you you uh, pared down both groups to the third, it's literally a Rushmore. Both yeah. of them are Rushmore sizes. Yeah. And so Reed and Mahomes would be breaking sort of into this Rushmore and kind of upsetting, you know, that, that's usually what we say, who's the Rushmore or whatever. And you kind of put a foursome together. Right. Um, and so <clears throat> what I love, it seems like the common question now is, are we looking at a dynasty? Of course, another win would, would make that question moot. Like, of course we're looking at a dynasty. But are there other levels of team success this year that would make you also say that question is now over? Like, if they make it to the Super Bowl, is that question still over? If they host another championship game, conference championship, is that question still over? I think so. Now, maybe this is where my Chiefs fandom bias shows in. I think if they are in the contention for a Super Bowl for another year or two, you look at that, how long of stretch where they were one of the best teams and they made multiple Super Bowls and they won two. To me, that would count. But that's where you leave the door open for 
people to go, well, but they aren't as good as the Cowboys 90s teams that won three, or they aren't Mm -hmm. as good as the 49ers teams that won so many over this many years. So you, you at least, you give the other side room to debate if you don't get that third one. Whereas if you get the third one, anybody that's arguing is just kind of being a hater at that point because there, it is such a rarefied Mount Rushmore type group that have done that. So I think you can already make an argument. Like if the chiefs were to fall off and I don't think they will, I think that 20 years from now, you would look back on the chiefs of right now, pretty similar to how you look back maybe at the Cowboys nineties teams. Mm. Um, they, they were really strong. They had some competition from like the 49ers, some other teams. They were really impressive on offense with Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin. And, and they were just, they were in the news a lot cause they were the Cowboys. They were America, America's team. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I think I think their reputation, even without a third, the Cowboys did win three, um, two with Jimmy Johnson and then one with Barry Switzer. But I think maybe their legacy would be kind of similar um, just because of the window of time that they were really good and they were in the media a lot and things like that. But the, but the third win would would definitely be sweet and make it impossible to argue. Let me ask one more about this, because I just want to ask what about the chiefs as an organization right i guess i'm thinking about clark hunt and and overall the the you know kansas city being the market size that it is kansas city chiefs breaking through in new international territories how they are being as young as they are a super bowl in 2023 for the organization give me some thoughts there on a macro level I think, you know, there's there's always, um, and we all know people like this, there's always sports fans out there that become huge fans of the really good team during that kind of like formative time of yeah. their childhood, right? There are tons of Yankees fans out there <laughs> yeah. that were kids during like the prime, like Derek Jeter era and just like watch that TV and went, wow, they're really good. And, and so they're my team kind of thing. Um, and I, the Chicago bulls with Michael Jordan were like that. And I'll, I'll admit I was guilty of that one. I just mm-hmm. like watch Michael Jordan was like, these guys are amazing. I'm a Chicago bulls fan now. Um, so I think, I think another super bowl just cements them, especially with all the media coverage they've gotten. There's gotta be kids all over the country. Well, all over the world, you're seeing like the following the the way the chiefs tickets sold in Germany, um, that are that are huge Patrick Mahomes fans because they just are watching this going, wow, this is incredible. I'm going to be a fan of that team and that guy. Um, and so I think another Super Bowl just adds to that. And it also puts the the Chiefs on a short list, um, not to go back to my piece again, but of teams okay. that have won four Super Bowls in their team's history. So it would be the third of this era, but they also had Super Bowl four. And that list is just the Pat Steelers, Cowboys, 49ers, Packers, and New York Giants. And so the Chiefs would add another name to that, whereas just when you're thinking about, okay, what are like the all-time kind of historic NFL franchises, you know, you, you the Chiefs get to start to argue that they've earned their place in that discussion. And maybe you could argue they already have because of the, their appearance in Super Bowl One and then winning Super Bowl Four, and now the Mahomes-Reed era. 
Um, but again, another Super Bowl just adds another another uh, support to that argument as well. I love it. I love it. Uh, Lyle, you've been so great talking about this stuff. I, I'm. It makes me really root for, um, you know, this whole, uh, you know, I mean, everyone wants a Super Bowl, but it'd be a lot of fun to see them stack up with a true legacy with still so much room to go. I mean, the yeah. runway's long. We're not like, yes. we're, what, we're, what I think is scary for every other team is we're not talking about the last gasp of the chiefs this year right we're not we're talking about yo here we go like this could they could establish a legacy and then run off another four i mean anything is possible right um so yeah and uh we have a comment here from tilly train who says one season at a time maybe that's yes we don't want to we like we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves uh the new season new schedule is just around the corner yes totally true well, folks, we, we've come toward the end of the show here. One, one, want to say, Lyle, thanks so much for joining us. And because you've been so good, we've been, we're asking you to stick around for the must list. You are prepared, right? Um, Richard, are you around? I am around. How's it going, addicts? Yes. Um, hey, if you are newer to the show, if you're like, what's a must list? It is literally just something we want to recommend. It could be anything. It could even be an animal, vegetable, or mineral. I think it's just got to fall under one of those, right? I don't know. I've I've recommended – we've all <laughs> recommended some weird things. Let's just say that over time. But, yeah, we have uh, uh, here at the end of the show, Sterling's gone, Patrick's gone, but uh, Richard's rocking a new look. I, I don't know if that's going to be on some people's must list or not, but but we love it. So, Richard – or we'll, we'll, go, we'll go guest first. Lyle, you're allowed to recommend anything you want. The Chiefs Kingdom or our faithful listeners, uh, like, what are you recommending today? And we may have some listeners that are already on this train. I have become completely obsessed for the fantasy football fans out there with playing dynasty football, fantasy football. I don't know if you guys play dynasty fantasy football, but basically it's you do not draft a new team. You keep your team into the next year and then you hold a rookie draft to draft the rookie players coming in fantasy players coming in based on the standing. So the worst team gets the first pick. So this year like that was everybody wanted B. John Robinson. Cause he's going to be great kind of thing. Um, and if your roster stinks, you got to get in the, you got to get out there and wheel and deal and try and make some trades and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So for a person like me, that's both a diehard fantasy football fan and a diehard draft nerd, it's like I've become obsessed with it. It's, it's it's if you are wanting to take your fantasy football obsession to the next level, I cannot recommend enough getting yourself into a dynasty league. I started my first time was this. I'm going on to my third season of playing it now, and it's I don't even know how many regular leagues I'll play this year because I'm just so obsessed with my dynasty league teams that I've that I've got. So that's my recommendation. If you are a fantasy football fan and if you haven't played dynasty yet, get yourself a dynasty team. Lyle, how do you find a good league? Because that's where I get into trouble in fantasy football in the first place. Um, I mean, do you have to like put some money toward it? Is that does that does yeah, that help? You you do. So the the place where um, I play and where I know a couple of different friends play, even if so, it's a different site. It's a similar setup. You basically pay the entry fee for the first year and the second year up front. 
so that you're invested in not just bailing after one year. Um, and if you do it through a site that hosts it, then those sites will even like advertise orphan teams for you to help them get filled. So that if you have like one manager that's like, yeah, I'm not doing it, even though I'm already paid up for next year, they'll post that and you can get somebody new to take their spot in the league. So if you, you know, if you, if you do it on your own with just some friends from work, you better really trust those guys that they're going to stick with it, you know, kind of thing or girls. Um, but uh, if uh, if you go to a site that that's kind of like their specialty, then and you can hit me on Twitter if you want recommendations or whatever. But uh, yeah, if you can find yourself a site that hosts that regularly um, and you got people that are willing to pony up, then then it's a uh, it's a good time. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I need to get into that, too. I I should I uh, I need a dynasty league. Um, Richard, what about you today? What's your uh, what's your must list? Uh, on my must list, I'm going to recommend <clears throat> an album that I've been re-listening to. Uh, I guess a bunch of artists in Chicago are going to be doing <clears throat> covers down at the Garden Conservatory of this album here from the 70s. It's called Plantasia. It recently had a kind of a, uh, a re-release in 2018 because this was a lost album. I think it was apparently in the 70s. It was distributed at a plant store called Mother Earth. And that's the only place you could have gotten it or a Sears outlet. When you bought a Simmons mattress, they gave you this album in the seventies. <laughs> and then, and then I guess, you know, the, the 20 people that bought a mattress and the 30 people that bought a plant from mother earth, all sold their albums. People found them at you know, vintage stores and were like, this band rules, this guy, Mort Garson rules. And uh, yeah, it got, it got a lot of attention. It's all electronic. It's all music for plants. So you got, you got songs like concerto, yeah, so it's music for plants. I should mention that it's music for plants and people who love them. And then you got songs that are all dedicated to plants. You got like Symphony for a Spider Plant and Concerto for Philodendron and Pothos, which I, I play for my Pothos plants. So yeah, it's really cool electronic music uh, from the 70s by Mort Garson. Uh, yeah, check it out, Plantasia. And if you're in Chicago, I guess there's a bunch of artists that are going to go down to the Garden Conservatory and perform it too. So does that feature cool. Leaf Greenwood singing "God Bless the USA"? Is that it better? <laughs> That's a good one. That's better. a good one. That's a good one. That was great. Yeah. Uh, man, I've never heard of Plantasia. I'm not even sure what to do with that. Yeah, and I got the shirt on too. I should. I went. I went all out. I got the Plantasia shirt on. <laughs> I'm a Plantasia super fan. It's a good album. It really is. You like it? Like you just listened to it? I listened to it even with the when the plants before the plants were here in the house. I started just listening to it. So yeah, it's music for plants and Richard. I like it. Exactly. It helps me grow. Richard, by the way, there's a lot of thoughts in the comments about your 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 decision to... Yeah, it's very... For anyone that's listened, you've never seen it. I, I had a mustache. I've had it since 2018. I shaved it. So now everyone's just kind of tripping off that. They're all... They, they're saying I'm a, a brother of Richard or just doesn't look like it. Not my Richard. You know, stuff like that. So <laughs> He's not my Richard. Hashtag not my Richard. You need a shirt that says not my Richard. I would love not it. Not the Richard you asked for. Gotcha. Not the... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, my must list. I've been playing a lot with some cocktails lately. I'm going to throw out the aviation. I got a bottle of what's called Crim de Violet, Violet, whatever it is. It's like uh, you start with some, you got to get some great herbal gin forward, like some, some good herbal gin, not citrus forward gin, but like, yeah. And then you need some like maraschino, uh syrup and you need this creme de violette and then lemon juice and you play you got you got to play with it because it could be way too sweet or tart but once you dial it in it's like 
I just love like a good, slightly sweet or sour gin drink. And it's like, it's killing my summertime. I'm loving it. I'm drinking all my calories, boys. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm playing with that. You know, I like messing around. Nice. Uh, with those things. So it's, yeah, it's you know, kind of fun. And I've never, uh, I've never recommended a, um, Zach Best says no to gin. I'm in that same boat too. I don't like the flavor. You know what? I dated her in high school. I liked it. It's it's good. Gin. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, um, Jen, if you're out there, we love you. And uh, yeah, folks, if you are not already following our pal, Lyle Graverson on Twitter, one, I mean, we don't know if Twitter's still going to exist every day that we wake up, but as long as it does, please follow Lyle Graverson at Lyle Graverson. That's a G-R-A-V-E-R-S-E-N. Just think all these except for the A. And um, and watch out for his stuff every Monday morning. Lyle, I'm putting you on. Now, that means you can't take another Monday off, Lyle. All right. Now I'm telling everyone. I'm telling everyone. Sign up for, for at least check out our site Monday mornings. Lyle's stuff is always front and center, and it's always great. Also, folks, if you're not following along, Richard, you can follow him. Uh, on Twitter at Durante, uh, you can see how it's spelled there. Um, I'm. It doesn't even matter. You don't need to follow me. I hate Twitter, and uh, but follow Arrowhead Addict. Do that and make aviation cocktails. On behalf of Patrick Allen, who'll be here next week. On behalf of Sterling Holmes, and all our other much better hosts than myself, we just thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. We're out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.